connecting with you. If you are in need of prayer, what you can do is put an emoji, put your name, whatever you would like, and we will touch and agree with you through a time of prayer. Amen. Will you stand with us this morning? And let me put a plug in. Our picnic is coming up this Saturday from 12 to 4 for any donations, even online. I'm not leaving you out. You can contact me. Amen. Amen. Stand with us this morning. Hallelujah.
Give God a high praise this morning. If you're loving to be in God's presence, come on, let's worship the Lord together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. For I sought the Lord and he heard me, delivered me from all my fears. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. With a mighty God be served. The heavens can't contain him, earth can't understand how great he is because he's so awesome. Describing the Lord, it, it, it takes an undescribable God. It takes us to, unto, to, to even fathom how great and how awesome the magnet, magnitude of his greatness. And I thank God for bringing us here because he is indescribable. He's untamed, he is unbelievable and he is our God. And he came down and he became flesh. And dwelt among us that we beheld his glory. And we have him living in us because we accept him in, in, in being baptized of his name and being filled of his spirit. And we thank you for being a part of the body of Christ. We thank God for bringing here. And we are here to pray today that God will bless this service. We had a wonderful encounter with the Lord today, this morning, in our first service. And we believe God is going to do a great thing today. Those who are watching, you are 
You have put your comments, and we want to pray today for God to do something wonderful and something different in your life. And we pray, Lord God, those who are here, that they also will experience God's presence. Let's lift our hands before God. And those who have a need, God will reach you, and we believe in God to touch you right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, we come again a second time to magnify, to lift you up. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this, oh God, place that you have placed us in to be an influential, oh God, part of this region and this part of ground. We thank you. We stand before you. We stand before you with open hands and our hearts open to receive what has God to say to us. Oh God, use, oh God, what to be done, our praise team and the word of God that shall be ministered. I pray that God, you will unctionize, look at those who should minister. And God, the word of God be sanctioned, which has been spoken in heaven and has been declared in earth. And we pray, God, to do a new thing. Touch the online viewers here and abroad. Touch them and heal them. Look, God, heal them from every sickness, disease, any such thing that should be causing them to be afflicted. We pray healing in the name of Jesus, for there's power in the name. There's healing, there's deliverance, and you can be set free by the power of his word and the power of his blood. We will put our hands together in agreement that God has yet done it. And we believe God and we will praise you continuously. Let us continue to worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness.
Well, come on, let's just continue to worship the Lord this morning. If you know you're not alone this morning, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I am not alone. Is my comfort, is my God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause this morning. It's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. Amen. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone in the house of God this morning. So glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise the Lord this morning. Truly, we're serving an awesome God who is indeed worthy to be praised. Amen. He woke us up this morning. He placed us in our right mind. He put food on our table. He put shelter over our head. He gave us a family where we can come together and fellowship and worship together. Amen. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning and we pray that you're having a good time in the Lord this morning. Indeed, it's nothing than having a good time in the Lord that makes all the difference. Amen. I don't know about you, but I know whenever I'm in the presence of God, I'm making the best to do the best I can to make sure I get something out of that service, whatever there is for me. Amen. And truly with God, the hours that we're living and the time that we're living in, if there is ever a time that we need more of God is now. When you look all around and see what's going on in our world today, the only way you can get that peace and comfort and satisfaction is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No one can love you like Jesus do. No one cares about you like Jesus do. He died for us. He gave his life so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. So we greet everyone this morning and we welcome you and we thank you for being here this morning. You know, this week, um, you know, we just finished out the camp meeting and as i said in the 9 a.m service uh, you know it's not a, all the time in the district when we have district functions you know i'm able to be available to be a part of all the function because of work schedule but i was honored and i was blessed to be in all three services this week and i thank god for that you know i thank god you know i was up there and um i start back just reflect back a little bit on thursday night and i was when we were worshiping god in our unity camp meeting service night and um, I was up there and I'm saying, oh, my God, I, just, I was so just. Oh, not only my, my, my blood family, but, you know, our, well, let me take that statement back. Because when we're all baptized, we're baptized in his, his blood. Amen. But, you know, um, my, my, my children, I, when I see them worshiping God and magnifying God, man, it, it does nothing more than just to bring tears to my eye. Uh, you, you don't know what it is when you have your family that is, you know, just set aside. You know what, what really struck me is um, Friday night when I decided to go up to um, 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 up into Paris, um, Prospect Park. You know, both boys, in fact, I called pastor as I always do to make sure he, he safe, he, whether or not he, was, he had room to bring. But then he, he texted me back in the afternoon and said, or he actually called me back and said, you know, he have a full carload. I said, no worries, pastor, because I already make up. I'm going to drive up because my two boys said, you know, they want to go up, you know. So when they said they want to go, 
you know, it, it, it just brings such joy. You, you don't have to press on them to say, you know, there's a youth service, there's, there's a service there. There is something inside of them that say they want more of God. And I, I respect that, you know. And I pray and hope as my grandson is here, is not to the knowledge yet, but I pray that he will catch on to the fire, that he wants more of God and grow. In fact, in the morning when we pray, we pray that he will grow in the grace and the admonition of the Lord. Amen. Because when you're rooted and grounded in the Lord, nothing will take your joy away. So I'm encouraging all of us here this morning, be sold out. Continue to be sold out for God because it's only what you do for Christ will last. Amen. So we welcome everyone this morning. And we're so glad that God has brought us together in such a fashion as this to praise him and to magnify him. As we get ready to collect our offering, don't forget we're still in our reach program. We just have, you know, a short time, a very, very short time. And we need all the funds. If you have not yet joined us to be a part of uh, the miracle that God has in store for us. And I use the term uh, miracle because that building that God prepared for us, it's only in His will that He opened up doors for us to be able to move forward. But we need the help of everyone. So if you have made a, a, a pledge and you have not yet fulfilled your pledge, you know, we're, we're getting close. So we're encouraging you to, to, to do a little bit more if you can, if you're able to. The Lord will bless you in return. Amen. Amen. And if you want to be a part of what God is doing, amen, you know, come and join us. If you know, in fact, if you know someone out there that have a little extra that they want to be partner with us, amen, invite them, you know, bring them to church. Talk to them. Amen. We'll get the information to them. You know, we, we have less than a, a couple of months and we're praying that we'll be able to, you know, um, um, reach our goal to able to acquire this building. So we need the help of everyone. Amen. We're going to invite you all to stand with us this morning. Amen. As we continue to worship the Lord in our giving this morning. Remember, there's uh, four ways we can give and you can see that. Uh, we have two ushers in the front. Feel free to bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord and continue to be a blessing unto the Lord. Just let's bow your heads as we continue to worship the Lord. Father God, we love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We worship you because you alone, O oh God, are worthy to be praised. We thank you for this morning, O oh God, for the service that we had this morning, O oh God, and for using the man of God this morning, O oh God. We ask you to bless, O oh God, our offering as we're about to receive it, Lord. Every giver is those who have to give and those who have not likewise make a way that they too can be a blessing. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Bless the remaining portion of the service as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we ask you to bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord as we continue to worship the Lord.
put our hands together in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. If I can invite everybody just to stand one more time before we get into the word. Hallelujah, Jesus. Will you be my light when I cannot see? When I can't take another step, Lord, would you carry me? When I've lost my fight, will you be my strength? Will you set me a table in the presence of my enemies? I shall Got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. Cause my cup's running over, running over, and I shall not want. And I will lift my eyes to where my help comes from. And I won't be afraid of the shadow, cause I've seen.
life is over. Gonna live again. Gonna trade this cross for a crown. No, this is not. When you call my name, I will take my rest. There's a mansion in glory and you're going to meet me
Spirit in such an atmosphere of praise flowing toward worship today. Hope those of you who have joined us online are able to feel the same presence that uh, we feel at this particular Advent. And God is certainly not restricted by geography, nor is he limited by technology. And he can work wherever we are. Praise God. What an incredible, incredible song. We have not used that at home, so I was I was getting enough information to pass it on to the people that uh, can make stuff happen. Praise God. Scripture teaches, and this is in the King James Version, of course, that we're a peculiar people. And um, unfortunately, that's not the best translation for at least modern understanding. Um, it's Old English, and it indicates something that is surrounded. It's a dot on a page that is surrounded by a circle, and that dot is peculiar to that circle. Any direction you go, inside the circle you're going to leave but if you're on the outside of the circle if you're going to get to that dot in the middle you got to come through the circle we are a people for him to surround a peculiar people to him praise God he is on every side of you Studying earlier this week, and I realized not only is he to the north, south, east, and west, but he is above you and he is beneath you. Anything that will come at you must first go through him. Praise God. That ought to give you some confidence in, in the struggles of life. Praise the Lord. Bless you. You can be seated. It is my privilege and honor to be here. Uh, with you in Hamilton again, and this is my second visit to the fire station, and uh, it's good to see growth and progress, and uh, that's evidenced by the fact that there are two different services, and um, growth is what needs to happen in the body of Christ. I do look forward to what you're going to own in the future. And uh, believe that it will open and expand opportunities uh, for greater things, greater things. If you're a guest today, we're glad you're here. If you're a guest watching online, uh, I thank you for joining us today. Uh, I am a guest as well. And if you don't particularly like my preaching, well, I won't be back next Sunday. So you come on back anyway. Praise the Lord. And I give honor to Brother and Sister Wyatt. They are friends. I value and appreciate them. I encourage you to hold up their hands. They, they need to be, and their family needs to be, part of your pre prayer. They need to be part of your prayer plan, where that you think about them and you think about the needs. The job description of a pastor uh, from the book of Ezekiel is that they feed the flock, they seek the wandering, they heal the hurting, and uh, they minister to those who are wounded. 
Praise God. There's a lot to being a shepherd, and uh, they need strength. They need supernatural strength. They need help from God. They're just a handful of books. I started this little trek with Pennsylvania Count Meeting, and uh, that started a week ago, and um, it has been a lot of church in a week, but uh, the books that are over there uh, and the prices are incredible because um, I'd rather you have them than me fly them home. But uh, one of the books that I wrote for all Christians a while back asked this question. If everybody here were just like me, what kind of church would this church be? Now, I, I pastored people at times who could leap for joy and run the aisles, and they had so much vigor and vitality for praise. But uh, if we had depended on their giving, we'd have had to have church in the dark. What about you if everybody in this church prayed like you pray? If everybody here worshipped and praised Jesus like you worshipped Him? If everybody gave as you give? What kind of church would this church be? Great churches are not a product simply of an exceptional preacher. Great churches are a product of exceptional saints partnered with God's man. And you have the opportunity to impact an incredible city. But uh, it's going to require you being all in. You can't be a Sunday saint. So if everybody here were just like me, and then uh, my most recent book, and I know pastors brought some of these into you already. If you hadn't uh, got this, Daily Things of Christian Living, there are seven things in the New Testament that uh, we are taught or instructed or given the example of doing on a daily basis. Paul said, I die daily. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, take up your cross daily. They were daily in evangelism. Hebrews says, exhort one another daily while it is called today. There's a lot uh, there, and uh, it is actually a rewrite of the first book that I wrote 30 years ago. So take a look at that, and uh, it will bless and benefit you. Praise God. I am honored to be here. Praise the Lord. Jesus, you know this audience, and you know here who needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you know who is watching today that needs the Holy Spirit as well. You know the ones that have not been born again of water and spirit. And I'm asking you today to show your power. Let there be a spirit of invitation come. Let there come the awareness of what you have done and what you want to do in order for men and women to be saved. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. The book of Job is an interesting book, and Job 26 begins the man's last response to his friends who have spoken to him. And, of course, what's evolved in this conversation with Job is really uh, kind of an argument because uh, they will challenge his righteousness or they challenge. They're trying to explain to Job why he's in the mess he's in. And Job's response, of course, is that all of their allegations are, are, are foolish. 
as time goes by and this continues, Job becomes more than a bit sarcastic about the help that they have given him. Because in reality, they haven't helped him much at all. If the only kind of friends you've got are, are, are those like Job's helpers, then uh, you, you kind of need to look for another set of friends because uh, they, they, they weren't a big help. And, and in this, Job eventually begins to communicate his understanding of God. Now, his understanding of God is very limited. And as you would see later, if you read all of the book of Job, there comes a time when God steps in and he says, you've got this all wrong. And he jumps into the conversation as well. So here is Job. He doesn't understand what's happened to him. He is not aware of the conversation that happened between Satan and the Lord. And so Job's knowledge is limited. He is looking through a glass darker than even what we do. But Job knows the Lord. His perspective on God is limited, as is true for every human. All of our perspectives on God is very limited. We can only see him through human eyes. So, in spite of Job not knowing everything, Job knows enough to trust God. To the point that when his wife says, why don't you just curse God and die, Job ignored her. And whether he said it to his friends or to his wife, it is, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It is, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Now, the book of Job is considered poetry. And poetically speaking of God, Job describes the power of this God that he trusts. Trusting God, not disavowing him in spite of Job's difficult times and disappointment with life. It is clear that Job's crisis has not affected his perception of God. And in Job chapter 26, verse 7, we pick up Job's explanation. He said of God that he stretched out the north over the empty place and hangs the earth, hangeth the earth upon nothing. He binds up the waters in his thick clouds, and the cloud is not rent under them. He holds back the face of his throne and spreads his cloud upon it. He hath compassed the waters with bounds until the day and night come to an end. The pillars of heaven tremble and they're astonished at his reproof. He divides the sea with his power and by his understanding he smites through the proud. By his spirit, that spirit that they were just playing about. He hath garnished the heavens. Think about it. The Holy Ghost is heaven's interior decorator. His hand hath formed the crooked serpent. Lo, these are parts of his ways. But how little a portion is heard of him. But the thunder of his power. Who? Can understand. 
to his little audience. He says, fellows, I'm telling you what I know. But this is my very limited perception. I have an idea. It's kind of the backdrop of what he's talking about. That what I have shared with you and what I know about him and what I understand about him, you ain't seen nothing yet compared to what he is and who he is and what he can do. Now, that little phrase in that 14th verse that is translated, how little a portion is heard of him. In the English Standard Version, one of the more modern and one of the versions that is considered the best of our times, it reads this way, Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways, and how small a whisper do we hear of him. All of these things that I've described, he hangs the earth on nothing, and he puts bounds upon the waters and establishes clouds that hold water above us. These are the outskirts of his ways. For my God, this is just a whisper. But the thunder of his power, Who can understand? Job said to his friends, How small a whisper do we hear of him? How small a whisper do we hear of him? The ocean responds to his word, but his word is nothing but a whisper. Hallelujah. How little a portion we have heard. No wonder we can sing and mean it. My God, how great thou art. Hallelujah. Job has just spent much of this chapter describing God's creation. And then when he begins to wrap it up, he comes to this statement. And in everything I've just described, how small a whisper we have heard of him. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And that second verse is a portrayal of chaos, a world that was in a mess. And the third verse indicates that God did not abandon that chaos, but God said, let there be light, and there was light. And as Job put it poetically to his friends, and God whispered, let there be light, and there was light. And in the sixth verse, and God said, let there be a firmament or division in the midst of the waters. And as Job would have put it, and God whispered, let there be a division in the midst of the waters. And with repeated whispers, God created, turning chaos into order. And what he had whispered about, he looked at it and said, it is good. 
Hallelujah. You drive over and take a look at, at, at the Atlantic Ocean and the expanse of it. You drive a little bit to the west of us and go into the Cumberland Mountains. You travel further to the Rockies. You tra- traverse the Midwestern Plains. You go to the North Pole and the South Pole. You visit deserts and you visit oceans. You see mighty rivers or bubbling springs. And in all of it, there is nothing expressed there except the whisper of God. He whispered and there was. Hallelujah. He just let it drop out. And then it was. But Job asked in the midst of this, Hallelujah, the thunder of his power, who could ever understand? Praise God. The thunder of his power and the whisper of creation. Contrast to a whisper is a shout or a scream. At our home, a shout or scream is reserved for something significant. If Jesus whispered in creation, what is it that prompted him to shout? On the cross, not long before dying, Jesus screamed out, and Matthew records it, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then again, breathing his last, he again shouted. There was another occasion when Jesus did much the same, this time without agony in his voice. But it was in John chapter 7 where they have gathered to the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Jewish feasts were always filled with ceremony. And each day of these several days of feast, at a certain time after nine in the morning, a priest would go to the pool of Siloam with a golden pitcher in his hand. And uh, he would bring back water to the temple, and it would be poured out before the nation of Israel. The gold pitcher represented deity, and the word Siloam, from which they got the water, means the sent one. And the ceremony itself represented God's blessings by sending late-season rain on Israel's crop. So the ritual that they went through expressed their desire for God's intimate blessings. But it also contained an expression of hope beyond the immediate. Because Israel's God had promised that there would be a Messiah. That there would be a Christos, an anointed one, who would come to Israel. And he would bring a spiritual reign that would cause the barren deserts of their lives to blossom like a rose. And in so doing, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christos, was going to save them. He was going to heal their wounds. He was going to recover their blindness. And He was going to restore them as a nation. 
And these priests and followers of Judaism, they had performed this exercise for so many centuries that now what they did was little more than a high school pep rally. They went through the routine, but Messiah had not come. And all they were doing and thinking about now was the gold pitcher and the rain that was going to come. There was some excitement. It was a big crowd that had gathered. There was noise, and people would follow, particularly on that last day, the great day of the feast, because on that day, they didn't just go and get one pitcher of water, but they went and they got seven pitchers of water from the pool of Siloam, again representing the blessings of God upon them. Blessing pursued, salvation desired, God's intervention needed. Messiah expected, and the energy of that crowd anticipating, looking forward to something. Water's poured, splashes, and people are enthusiastic. Our crops are going to be great this year. But it was little more than something that was routine. But in John 7, 37 through 39, one other had made the trip to that last day, the great day, hallelujah, of the Feast of Tabernacles. And in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. It means he screamed. It means he shouted. And what he shouted was this, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. He whispered in creation when he made the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean. He whispered in creation when he created the pine trees. He whispered in creation when he made the rivers and the streams and the fish. He made whispers in creation when he created the bear. He made whispers in creation in everything that he did. But on that last day, that great day of the feast, the usually very, very controlled Jesus stood in the midst of them in their ceremony and ritual, and he screamed as loud as he could, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And if you'll believe on me, as the Scripture has said, out of your belly, your innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. He whispered in all of the expanse of creation, but He screamed when it comes to your salvation. He screamed when it comes to your salvation. He didn't whisper about salvation. He shouted about salvation. He didn't want anybody to miss the message that salvation is available. And if you want it, come to me and drink. So I speak to the thirsty who are online. And I speak to those in this room who likewise devoid of any significant meaningful energy of life. You're thirsty and you've tried to fill it with a pool of Siloam. 
that represents nothing except what the world has to offer at its best and sometimes at its worst. But on this day, hallelujah, let's don't talk about creation. Let's talk about salvation. Let's don't talk about the sun and the moon and the stars. Let's talk about redemption and regeneration and God bringing you out of darkness into the light. Let's talk about deliverance from addiction. Let's talk about being set free. Hallelujah. Whispers creation. Hallelujah. Our society has become students of of creation. And well, we should because in it, the wonderful power of God is manifest. Oh, but that we who are thirsty could not be content to just know about the same things that Job knowed about, knew about, and the things that he said. This is just, this is just a whisper. Who could understand it when he thunders? <laughs> Woo! Who could understand it when he thunders? For when he thunders about, will leave you full and overflowing. It will be in you a river springing up into everlasting life. Instead of you continually going hither and yon, seeking something to satisfy your thirst, you will become a spring where others will come to you in order to be refreshed, in order to be renewed. Preacher, what in the world was it that Jesus was talking about when he made that statement in that last day? Or as John reported it, Jesus stood and screamed and shouted, saying, Hey, folks, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. And if you will believe on me, as the Scripture has said, out of your innermost being, out of within you shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. John gives us the commentary. But this spake he of the Spirit, verse 39, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus did not whisper about the Holy Ghost. He screamed about the Holy Ghost. All of this other stuff, ceremony. It's the memory of travels and living in little huts while they came out of Egypt. All of that memory is well and good. But Jesus said, if you're thirsty, if you're thirsty, if you're thirsty, if you're thirsty, you see the ceremonies and the memories of what God has done can become like drinking dust. But if you thirst, if you thirst, if you thirst, if you really thirst, come to me, come to me, drink, come not to the temple, not to the pool of Siloam, but come to me. I am a fresh source. And if you will Obey me and obey my word. If you believe on me, like the scripture said, there's a qualification. If you believe on me, like the scripture said, too many want to believe on him like they want to. Believe on him like the scripture said. 
Repent of your sins. You can't keep on being a pure old heathen and be full of the Holy Ghost. We're talking about your life being changed. We're talking about setting aside some of the things that you've allowed to become part of your life. Where that you're trying to find that which will satisfy your thirst. Come to me. Drink. Believe on me. Like the scripture said, out of you will flow rivers of living water. Yes, I am a little beside myself today. Because I am convinced that our society with its pursuit of wealth and popularity and our pursuit of entertainment and our pursuit of feeling good, we're drinking from a desert. We're not finding the well. We're not finding the place. Hallelujah! This is what the Lord wants you to do today. It's time for a change of life. It's time for your sexual life to behave. It's time to get some morals about yourself. It's time to throw aside the whiskey bottles that are hidden in the back of the cabinet. It's time to stop being a sipping saint. It's time to get full of the Holy Ghost and believe on Him like the Scripture says. You are going to be a tiny pool. You're going to be somebody comes to you and says, Hello, would you lay your hands on me? I need something from God today. Because they know that there's something inside of you that has the potential for overflowing onto them. Something that can overflow into them. Hallelujah. And as you begin to allow it to happen, you're not going to leave them to yourself, but you're going to leave them to the same one who shouted, If any man thirst, don't let him come to pastor. Don't let him come to the guest evangelist. But if anybody thirst, let him come to Jesus and drink. His, his creation's incredible. He whispers, let there be light. You know, there's, there's some people who think that all of that creation put a strain on God somehow. Oh, he just whispered. And you look at all the stuff he made. Oh, we stand together. You look at all the stuff he made. Everybody stand. Look at all the stuff he made. Whisper, whisper, whisper. You pet your dog this afternoon. It's a result of a whisper of God. You go sit under a tree in a park. It's a result of a whisper of God. He whispers in creation. Hallelujah. There's the whisper. And the shout. And he shouts about salvation. And in all of his creation, 
book of Ephesians says this. It's translated this way in the King James. It says, for we are his workmanship. It's the Greek word poenia. It's talking to saints. Now, if you're a saint, this don't apply to you. If you're not a saint, this don't apply to you. But it says of the saints of God that you are his workmanship, poenia. And the word poemia means masterpiece. Rocky Mountains aren't his masterpiece. Universe isn't his masterpiece. All of that he did with a whisper. But for there to be saints of God, it took a shout. And you're his masterpiece. Wouldn't you like to be a masterpiece of the Lord today? Wouldn't you like to be that one that it's flowing out of you? Well, you can have the Holy Ghost today. What he was talking about, this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. You can come and believe on him. Do you have faith that Christ is the Messiah? That he is the sent one? And that all the qualities and the attributes of the Jewish Messiah exist in him? That's believing in him. That's believing on him. But believing on him, as the scripture has said, brings us from that belief to active obedience. That begins with repentance. That continues with the baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Would you like to have the Holy Ghost today? Jesus, I thank you for and anointing in both services today. Very different messages, very different sense. And Lord Jesus, you know what you're doing. And you know who you're talking to. God, would you let someone hear, not a whisper, but a shout. And bring their dry, barren, dusty lives to you today. For you to do changing work where that their desert life blooms like a rose there's a transformation and a change comes into their life I trust you in it if you need the Holy Ghost today or if you're standing beside someone who needs the Holy Ghost Never been born again, never spoken in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Would you just come to the altar or would you just invite someone to come with you today and come believing on Him as the Scripture has said. Come believing Him enough that you repent. Come believing Him enough that you make a new start. You change the course of your life. You do a U-turn. You say, God, I'm, I'm ready for you to fill me and overflow me. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Would you come today? 
There really is power in that name today. And it will break every single chain in your life. It will deliver you from every piece of bondage. Thank you, Jesus. He loves you enough that he shouts about salvation. He whispers creation, but he shouts salvation. <laughs> Ooh, what a great thing it is that the Lord has done for us. Praise God. Join me at the altar now. I invite us to come as a congregation. Those of you who are leaders in the church, step forth, please. If you're our guest today, we invite you to come. Those of you online, if you're still with us, find a place and pray. Talk to Jesus. Oh, God. Is anybody coming here today thirsty? Jesus qualified it if you're thirsty. If any man thirst, if any man thirst, if any man thirst. In the name of
chain, break every chain, break every chain, yes, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, let's say it together, there is power, there is power.
Those of you that are still bringing in what we call it non-perishable items, continue to bring them in so we will have everything that we need. Amen. I'm going to be seasoning up the jerk tomorrow. Don't come to my house. Don't call me. I don't want anybody to see my recipe. I don't want anybody to mess with anything. Just leave me alone tomorrow as I season up my jerk and make sure I drop it in the deep freezer so when it comes out Saturday, it's a monster. Let's go. Isn't that what they say, young people? Let's go. My jerk is getting ready to take, it's going to a new level. Who was it that tried it? Oh, my daughter-in-law. My daughter-in-law tried it the other day. And she said, I think this may be your best one. So I'm just, I was building up steam. So the last time I jerked, she said, this might have been the best one. So just think, if that was good, Ethan, oh, you don't know what's getting ready to hit you Saturday. Let's stand. We had a great camp meeting service. We had three great camp meeting services this past Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. God certainly blessed us and strengthened our district and brought us closer together, and we're thankful for that. Thankful for all those that are that were a part of the planning of our uh, uh, camp meeting services. I'm going to meet with some of you tomorrow on Zoom just to let you know how much I appreciate you, and we'll look at what we did well and what we can improve upon next time. But I thank God for all of you that were a part of making camp a success. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't think I'm forgetting anything else. Am I forgetting anything else? No, we're all good. All right. Let's pray one more time for the Lord's hand to continue to be upon us. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful. It is such a joy, Lord. Oh, God, to be a part of the kingdom of God and all that you offer us and all that you do for us. It is such a joy and so wonderful. We're thankful and we're grateful, Lord. I want others to experience what you are allowing us to experience. I want others, oh God, to, to, uh, to get the promises that you have for us, Lord God. And Lord, we're thankful for all that you have done and continue to do. We are so blessed. We're so blessed, and God, for that, we're so thankful, Almighty God. We pray that you'll continue, Lord, to do a great work in the ministry of Carlton Coon, Lord God. That he will continue, his reach will continue to expand, and you will continue to use him to help advance the kingdom of God. And your anointing will continue to flow in his life in an abundancy. Oh, God, we thank you today for all you're doing, Lord God, in this church and for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us Lord God have your way today as we go from this place Lord we go Lord God with the river just flowing in our life use us to be that vessel to overflow the river that's flowing in us Lord God we love you and thank you and praise you and all these things Lord God we ask you in Jesus name somebody say in Jesus name God bless you. I love you so much. Have a great rest of your day.